0: Hello and welcome back to the Becoming the Influential Me podcast. I'm Michelle Chikanda. Let me dive right in. Have you ever been all set for your promotion? You're like, this time I'm definitely going to get it. I've done all the work that I need to do. Uh, There is nobody else more qualified than I am. And there is nobody else that wants it as much as I do and will give it as much as I can. And then it gets to promotion time. Everybody has the conversations and you don't get the promotion. Ooh, that bites. Well, this is what happened to the next woman I'm going to talk about who didn't let her fears and failures define her. And that is Helena Morrissey. Helena Morrissey, we've all heard of her. Well, most of us have. She is the woman that became CEO and she has nine whole children. <laughs> nine whole whole children. In vogue, it said, no twins, no surrogates. (laughs) And I absolutely love that. But basically, this is exactly what happened to her. She went back to work after having taken only five months off from maternity leave. She had been a high flyer, posted to New York, and came back all set, ready for her promotion. And she didn't get it. And most of us at this point would just Put it down to the fact that she had a kid or, you know, whatever whatever it is. But then she goes and she asks her manager, why didn't I get the promotion? And she was told, we don't question your work, but we do question your commitment because you've got a child. So today, I want to talk about, in part two of the series, which is, you know, women who fail to let their failures define them. I want to talk about this woman's journey um, because I find it so interesting how she leaned into that Ironically, she's not really into leaning in because she believes you should lean in to to change rather than leaning into the status quo just for the sake of leaning in. Um, but she really leaned into that. And at this point, she only had one. And she leaned into it so much, she went and had eight more. (laughs) And then became a CEO in the process as well. So she didn't, you know, accept the false choices. And she made a success out of her life. Um, And it was as a result of some of her failures. And that's what we're going to talk about today. She um, is somebody that I know is polarizing. Um, I know she... puts a lot of women's backs up because she gives this impression that it's all so easy. And I think some of the things that have been said about her in in circles that I I am in um, where she's not always the most popular person are a little bit unfair because actually if you look into what she says and what she's done, um, she's definitely worth the admiration. Okay, so let us dive right in. What I found really interesting is people say, well, she's got nine kids. That must mean she gets lots of help. And I think that that is, first of all, she didn't start out that way. She started out just like you and me. Um, in fact, she had her own challenges in her childhood. She had anorexia. And um, to she overcame that. And that was to do with her real need to control. She said she thinks it's maybe because of the fact that she didn't uh, want to leave um her zone her home you know her fam- family home she was so happy there and what she was getting anxiety at the prospect of leaving so she chose to control something and she chose to control her food um and yeah that all worked out in the end and she managed to get to Cambridge she gets this new job and then she ends up in this scenario with a promotion I want to talk about something that she did which I thought was really fascinating She made a choice. So she looked at the scenario around her and instead of thinking, I'm gonna stick it out, she mobilized the power of broke because she said she had no money. (laughs) So she couldn't stay in that job. Um, And I know this because I've also mobilized the power of broke. Um, to to really motivate me to make changes in my life. She said she looked around her and she thought, this culture is not working for me. So I need to find a culture where I can thrive and still have what I want. She didn't want to sacrifice who she was as a mother, right, or as a person in order to fit in. So she she then left and she found another job where the culture was um, one that embraced difference and one that, you know, accepted her as she was. And then she went on to have more and more kids, and also climb up the career ladder. And this makes me think, okay, so at a time when most of us would have stuck to the status quo and waited for the promotion to eventually come in, a, in an environment that clearly, um, you know, is, is not, was not going to deliver that for them, um, she made a conscious decision to say, no, I'm not going to stay here and mid- middle and have more kids and then just get comfortable. She said, I don't have the money, so I'm going to go and find a culture that works for me as well. More money, culture. Great fit. Excellent. Um, and and what I also loved in the later part of her career or the latter part of her career um, She talks about a situation where she now has uh, four kids and she's at her parents' house having a nice weekend. Now, for the workaholics amongst us, you will understand this story because I absolutely was like, yes, that is so me. Um, But we make different choices. So she... Made, she was she at was this weekend at her parents' house and she said she was stuck to the TV watching the news because her job, which is in finance, um, in, in this instance, she was working on a project where they had guesstimated the employment numbers and they had guesstimated in the wrong direction. And having worked in the environment for so long, she naturally did what most of us do when we get something wrong and it has implications for our work. She beat herself up. She stopped spending time with her family. She zoned in on this moment and berated herself in her head. Now, how many times have you made a mistake, a normal mistake, and just thought, I'm not good enough, I, I, maybe I should stop working and focus more on the kids because I'm clearly not you know, cutting the mustard, I'm clearly not ambitious enough, I'm clearly not doing all the right things. And she said she wallowed in self-pity for that weekend, but then she made another choice. So that was another failure. Um, in her mind and one that we can all empathise with because we've all had moments in our career where we make uh, a mistake and we do question our capabilities and we are usually, I know a lot of ambitious people like you and me, are our own worst critics and she beat herself up and she felt sorry for herself. But then she made a choice which I found really interesting because it's not an obvious choice. She said, after that weekend, she she spoke to her husband and realized that she had outgrown her job because she was starting to really sweat the small stuff. Are you sweating the small stuff? And is it a sign for you rather that you rather than the fact that you should quit? Is it a sign that maybe you're ready for another challenge? Maybe? I just thought it was a really interesting way of thinking when you find yourself in a situation where you've gotten over all the bigger hurdles that everybody else can see and everybody else will face and you start sweating the small stuff. The question is, are you in the right place? Um, And are you headed in the right direction? And are you still challenged? Because there should always be big stuff for you to be sweating, so to speak. Um, And I found that really interesting because again, we're talking about her journey to going from broke... Not promoted to actually being a high flying CEO, and somebody whose um, passion is transforming the way business is for women uh, in the in the UK and potentially worldwide as well. Okay, what else? Let's talk about failure number three. And I don't you think the biggest and worst thing that could happen to you is for people to laugh at you. I do. (laughs) I think the idea of people laughing at me is terrifying. The idea of people thinking negatively of me, not as terrifying, but is equally terrifying. Now, this woman went through that. I fast-forwarded a significant chunk of time to when she first became CEO. And she naively gives this uh journalist because obviously she, she, she there was no media training at the time and she goes and she gives us meet this journalist you know a, a candid conversation about her family life at this point she had five kids and um, and her business life and her outlook her aspirations you know with all this gusto thinking she's making a great impression and then the next day there's this she's there on the front page billion dollar babe and you know they've Mm, twisted, in a way, what she said and made her look incredibly naive. And she's heading an organization. And she said she had an uphill climb with her colleagues. And I thought, that's so interesting. that is sounds like my absolute worst nightmare, being on the front page of a newspaper just after I've been promoted, which is like, woohoo, elated, the best thing that can happen. And then almost the very next day, you come down with a thud. And what I love about it is this is what she did. She wallowed in self-pity like most of us would. But what I love about what she did was she chose to take that moment and say, okay, what do I need to do? And then she said, I'm not going to change things for the sake of changing things but I am going to be authentically true to who I am. I am going to learn the lessons from this incident. And she said she didn't give many media interviews after that, Um, understandably. But again, she chose to learn. And what she learned from that was that she needed to lead from the middle, if you like. That's my phrase, not hers. She chose a leadership style, which I think is so unique, to women in leadership, and that is she decided to influence rather than instruct. Now, as I'm from the influential me, guess what I think about that? (laughs) I think it's absolutely the right thing. Now, what I admire about this woman is she she assesses trends. Obviously, she's financially minded. She's a numbers girl in theory. Um, And she assesses the trends and she says the world is changing. It's no longer about command and control. And it is more about um, passion and purpose, no longer about blind loyalty to companies. And so she talks about the diversity of thought that is required to take our world into a place where it is genuinely accommodating for everybody and where everybody can win. But she's aware that she's doing that in a world that is with people that are different from her. Now, what I love about that is, um, she this humbling experience led to her creating informed choices about her leadership style and the direction she was going to take the organisation into. Um, a lot of us again may have felt uh, an instant need to please and to fit in and to you know overwork in order to compensate for you know the the big mistake that she made with that interview, um, but. She chose differently. She chose a longer-term approach. She chose to sit back and really assess what was important. And what I really like about that is because she said, in life it's important to know what matters to you and to use that as a filter. And I think in that moment, you know, where it's easy to be a people pleaser or to want to pretend it didn't happen or to protect your ego – back to basics and it's so interesting to me because it's going back to what I've been talking about in the past couple of weeks with you know with the choice Uh, she talks about the same thing going back to basics going back to you going back to your authentic self Ariana Huffington same thing that inner peace that inner inner center that grounds you and allows you to decide which direction to go into, but only if you stop and actually ask, you know, your your intuition or ask yourself um, about the best direction for you to move in. Now, this is interesting. Why is this interesting? Because here's my theory, and it is just that, my theory, (laughs) my theory. Men don't lead like that. Men lead in a very rational way and are, quote unquote, less intuitive. Women, however, are able to sense things at so many different levels. You know, we're able to navigate work, family, people, husband's family, um, sporting events, keeping fit, um, so many different layers of life. And a man um, naturally will have to, you know, navigate all those things as well. Don't get me wrong. But it's almost like we're better able to parallel process. I'll tell you what my, um, my coach said to me. Um, she said, you know, Michelle, men can only hear seven sounds and women can hear something like 63. Um, that's why <laughs> a wife will often say um, to her husband, don't use that tone with me. And a husband will be like, what tone? Or we will see something in a conversation between people in a way that men do not see. And it's the same thing when it comes to leadership and when it comes to navigating um, our career. It's not about shutting down the other 56, you know, noises that we can hear, but it's actually about amplifying them and, 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 and bringing forth your whole full self into that environment. And when she talks about her experiences... Helena Morrissey said something that I absolutely love, and that is women are not just ambitious at work, but they're ambitious with their whole lives. We want to be phenomenal at every different Area in our lives, whether you know you have kids, whether you don't have kids, or, but every facet in your life, whether you love to travel, you want to be excellent at that, and, and to really explore your full self as a human and as a, your full self as somebody that works, and your full self as a daughter, and your full self as a wife or as a partner, you know, and all those things. But she celebrates that ambition rather than trying to um, shut it down. And it's about how you create the reality that you want. Speaking of which. The next thing that she did, which I'm, I think, deserves a lot of credit, um, she paid it forward. So Helena Morrissey's created, you, we probably already know, the Thirty Percent Club, which is an initiative that is centered around gender balance on boards. Because it's clear that if you know boards are more balanced, it will trickle down, um, and we will have working environments, promotions for more women, etc., um, etc. Cetera, et cetera. Why is this important? Each one reach one, right? She got there and she's doing it for other people. And I think that's so key. Now, what will people say? Why don't you do it 50% instead of 30%? Why don't you do 70% instead of 30%? Why don't you do it legislatively instead of doing it um, instead of doing it as an initiative? And I think it's so easy to suggest ways of improving something and give ideas and and but it's so hard to actually execute it and I think this woman deserves so much credit for what she has um achieved with the 30% club so far but also what she's attempting to do um, and it takes guts and it takes courage and she told a story in one of her books or in her book rather that I absolutely love so she has guts <laughs> she has serious guts so she invites Mark Carney the um governor of the Bank of Bank of England and she he hes he, she invites him to one of the thirty percent club events he because he has four daughters or maybe just because he's a nice person I don't know um he accepts uh but on the basis that you know his diary permits which is kind of a polite fob-off so what she does is she then takes that. Kinda agreement, and she sends it to other CEOs, influential CEOs in 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 the country, and says, "Well, we our expected key speaker is Mark Carney." And she puts the word expected. And suddenly she has all these you know great names registered to show up. And then Mark Carney, once he sees these great names, he actually says, OK, great. This looks like it's going to be a great event. And he secures his place. And the event goes through seamlessly. In my head, I thought... I could never do that, (laughs) the shame of when you have your event and Mark Carney's not there and you have to explain why and you know, like all massively overthinking it, she took a risk, she stood by her, um, she she, she instinctively believed in, in what she was trying to do enough to take that risk. So what risks are you taking in your life? And how are you pushing the boat out? What are you doing to give back to those that come after you? These are questions I have to answer for myself as well. You know, um, I I like to keep myself on edge, um, especially with things like the book club which I have launched now, and you can find out more, I'll tell you a little bit later. Um, But that's me pushing myself out, pushing the boat out and saying, you know what, I want us as women to read together and to grow together. Um, How are you pushing the boat out? It doesn't have to be a big initiative, but I think it's so important to always be thinking about ways to give back because there is always somebody who can gain something from you. And I think this is something that Helena Morrissey is acutely aware of that, as she's managed to reach this level of success, there are many eyes on her. And she hasn't abandoned um, that responsibility or left it to somebody else. She's fully taken it on. Um, and again, this is another th- reason why it's, she's worthy of celebration. Um, okay, and another thing as well. Failure number four that we're going to talk about. She interviewed for Mark Carney's job. Um, and she didn't get it right? There's kind of a so what in there. She's achieved so much, but for me it just goes to show that ambition doesn't have to stop. Even when you've reached heights you never thought you could achieve, there's always somewhere more to go. There's always so much more to do. Um, And it's important to stretch yourself as a human being. She has nine children. It would be okay for her to just say, you know what, I just want to take time out and look after my children. Um, But She didn't. She says she, you know, wants to explore her life and and, and reach the highest heights and the best version of herself that she can, not only for herself, but to demonstrate to others that it can and should be done. Yes. Okay. so I can hear some of you going, Michelle, she has nine children, nine children. Yes, and she does have help now, but it wasn't always that way. So let's talk about the final failure. And this is something that I know is challenging for a lot of women. I am not that woman because I don't have children, but it's something that I hear about regularly. Mum guilt. Um, in Helena's case, her husband is the um, stay-at-home dad. And what I know for sure is that a lot of women struggle to find that balance. and. In Helena's case, she found a way to say, as long as I'm home for dinner every day, no matter how, uh, as in if I'm in the country, obviously, but no matter how high-flying career she had, she always tried to make it home for dinner. And that was her commitment to her children. And she knew that by her husband being at home, her children were being loved and taken care of. And she said, you know, given how many kids she has, she, can't, she couldn't always make the games and the shows and the, you know the productions at school and things like that. But she had made a commitment that she still wanted to be the best version of herself, not just for herself but for her children as well. And she, they, they, her, her and her husband have enough of a strong enough relationship to be able to sustain that. Now, a lot of the times I I speak to women who struggle with this idea of not being there or a good enough mother for their children, and I think that I have no experience of this, but. It is important to be 100% wherever you are. So, you know, if you're going to be at home, being 100% at home. And if you're going to be at work, being 100% at work. But also, what I found interesting was that initial choice we talked about that Helena Morrissey made when she she had her first child. She realized that she could not sustain a family and stay in the environment that she was currently working in. So she made a choice, and that choice was to leave. So my question would always be, is the environment you're in sustaining the kind of life you want for you and your children? And if not, then what can you do to change it, improve it, um, and, and turn it into the kind of environment that you want? Um because you need not be static, nor do you need to make false choices <laughs> Ala Carmela Harris. Right, There is no false choice. It's not either stay in a job that you hate or be a good mum. It doesn't have to be. You can work in a job that you love and still be an exceptional mum. And it doesn't always necessarily correlate down to hours. It's also down to the quality. But it's about assessing that relationship and deciding, you know, what is the most important thing for my children and how can I deliver that in a way that is sustainable financially, emotionally and um, physically as well in terms of time. Just a thought, but I really am inspired by this woman, going back to Helena Morrissey. I'm really inspired by this woman because she is thinking way into the future. She's thinking about how to create more balanced boards, not just for, I mean, her time's kind of gone, right? She's had her career, but for her children, but also women more broadly, right? And that makes me question, what are we doing? We need to do more for one another, and Helena Morrissey's approach is not just to speak to women and expect women to um, solve the challenges, but it's allyship with our male counterparts. One of the things she talks about is—it's a thread that I found as I was, you know, reading her interviews, reading her her um, her book—is this thread of allyship she talks about whenever you find yourself in a challenge, whether it's to do with lockdown, whether it's to do with work, whether it's to do with, you know, your own personal goals and life ambitions, um, find allies. Again, this woman was feeding my soul because you guys (laughs) know I love talking about allies. Um, Find allies, people that will help get behind your ideas and your agenda and help you get there faster whether it's a manager you know a partner a friend find allies and and through that you can really um push the boat out and ch- and challenge those preconceptions and get to where you want to get to Her book is called, It's a Good Time to Be a Girl. And I could not agree more. I think there is so much opportunities. The world is changing, even with COVID, right? We can all kind of start to create a new way of working and be less accepting of the status quo. Um, And it's up to us to create that reality and create that future for ourselves. And it's not gonna be magic and you're not gonna get everything you you, you want instantly. But we can certainly take steps. And the first step is being hyper clear on what it is that you want. And as she says, making sure that you use that as your filter. Leap before you look. This is something she loves to say. Leap before you look and a bridge will appear. So if you're feeling fearful about something or unsure about how things will go, make an educated guess, of course. Um, But leap before you look. Take a chance on yourself and do that thing you thought was impossible because nine times out of ten it will work out for your good in the end. That's just a short other snippet that I loved from Helena Morrissey and something that she lives by and I hope that we can all adopt that as well as we go on as, as we continue on this journey together. I could talk about this woman for a lot longer because I found her really inspiring. As polarizing as she can be and as sometimes contrarian her views may seem, I um am... I'm a big fan, uh, and it's, I'm always a big fan of, of anyone that I can learn from. Whether or not I agree with their views is a different matter. In fact, it doesn't matter. But there you go. That is my woman of the week. <laughs> the woman who failed to let her failures define her. If she can ascend to the highest heights in her career with nine children, you can do anything zero excuses. You can do absolutely anything you set your mind to. And that is that. So I did tell you I was going to talk to you today about my book club. Yes, I did it. This is my um, me pushing myself out of my comfort zone. I've created a book club and it's really an opportunity for women to come together to read together. It is called Readers to Leaders. One of the things people say to me almost all the time is I have no time to read. Um, I don't think it's a time issue. It's a lack of an accountability issue and it's a lack of focus issue. So the book club will give you accountability and focus. Another thing that people say to me is, oh, I read that book, but I didn't apply anything from it. This book club will give you way to apply what you learn so I'm going to be giving worksheets and and a journey guide if you like um, as to how you can apply these things in your life and we're going to talk through it in the book club and the third thing is we love to talk (laughs) so my book club is going to give us an opportunity to share Um, It's an opportunity for people that are not very good at public speaking to present to the group on the book. So you get to practice your presentation skills as well. It's an opportunity for those of you who would like to chair some of the sessions, to chair as well. I'm really excited about this book club. And if you would like to join my book club, it will only be open for the next seven days, depending on when you're listening. But if you're listening from um, when this aired then it's seven days and the place to go is readers to leaders.club. and that's readers to leaders dot club right um it will be in the description please make sure you get it in the next seven days sign up to join the book club it's going to be so much fun and i'm really looking forward to it i will even tell you a little bit selfishly I'm really looking forward to it because I, I love reading and I will have people to read with. <laughs> so um, if you don't want to do it for yourself, do it for me. I cannot wait to read with you all. And next week's episode is going to be a Q&A and Ask Me Anything. We are still on the series, but I just want to break it up a little bit by giving us an opportunity to ask questions and I will be answering them um, again on this idea of being female and fears and failures i want to hear from you i want to hear what questions you have so that i can make the next part the next half rather is it half no we've done two it's two or five the next part as compelling as possible for you and as interesting as possible for you because i do this for you as much as i do it for myself and that is all for now until next week have a phenomenal week Bye. Bye.